Welcome to episode 208 of Texting. That we're recording at 8:30 a.m. in the morning because of Jason's schedule. Well, morning, Jason. How you doing? Morning. Isn't it schedule? Isn't that how you pronounce it in England? Your no, we sched- say sch- schedule. I say schedule. Okay. All right. Um, good morning. Well, let's get uh, rolling. This is our uh, breakfast. To what do we owe the pleasure of recording the show at Tuesday, 8:30 in the morning? Well, we got to get done. I have, uh, well, the stuff. No, after- no, that's not, no, what we owe the pleasure to is because you wrote me into Catalyst on Sunday, right? So we're working on Catalyst when we should be doing the podcast. You're creating new projects out of thin air. So now I've got to do Catalyst on the weekend and I've got to do the podcast on the week. Tell me you didn't enjoy it. Come on. I did. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we could have done the podcast. I think we were both just a little tired. Okay. A little wiped out, right? I right. mean, you, you wanted, you wanted to work on some other stuff and I was wiped. Right. Well, Sandy was out of town for the past almost week in Chicago. Uh, did she have the kids? No. Kids oh. with me. Oh, wow. So, so you've been you've been Mr. Mom. Oh, it's been brutal. Well, you know, we had the babysitter to help out, but it's still brutal. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, trying to do all the stuff that I have to do for work and various projects and then having the kids and coaching and Catalyst and just... How I, many projects you got on the go now? I don't know. <laughs> Too many to go into. A lot. I mean, yeah. it feels like I have more. Ten? I mean, a lot of them are. No, no. It just if I mean, Uber is my primary. Yeah. Project, and they take up the 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 lion share. But then I have a you know a couple of small things here helping people out with, and uh, then of course, Anyfu and Texing and Catalyst. You know, just right there, right? Yeah. Those three are Anyfu, Texing, Catalyst. Uh, that's well, a lot. You know what? You've done some. You've done some good work on Anyfu, um, especially getting well uh, finalizing two experts. I'm really happy with that. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, that will also. So, one of the experts, Eric Burke, he's an he's an expert in like uh, Windows Phone and Windows Eight and uh, was Android and a few other things. Yeah, I mean, uh, Don Felker, uh, or I guess our first expert, um, recommended uh, Eric. He brought he sort of brought Eric on, and Eric's. I talked to Eric. I had a really nice conversation with him a couple months back, and he was ready. To, he was sort of he was interested. He just was like taking a while to get his yeah <laughs> to get his profile up and i i would ping him every once in a while I'm like hey how about that profile so finally he got it up it looks great and then um rick copeland who i just looked up on i just went on amazon i was like well who who wrote a book on sequel alchemy and because i was up i think i did it while i was up at uber and and um one of my buddies at uber um amos was saying talking about how awesome would be to have a sequel alchemy expert up there because they use a lot of it and it had, there's so many little um gotchas yeah so he's he's author of essential sql alchemy and also author of mongodb with python and ming that's some pretty cool stuff there yeah 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 so i sent him like a one sentence email a one sentence uh you know just asking him telling me like you know i was co-founding a uh i was a co-founder of a of a web startup that does x y and z and we'd love to have him on as a 
expert if he'd be interested. And he's yeah. like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, so it didn't take much, right? <laughs> yeah. Good job, man. So, um, so that's awesome. Well, I just wanted to just say that off the bat. I know mm-hmm. we, that's probably not our any food discussion. Well, we could do, well, we could do it. Might as well just do it now. But the one thing I'll say is yeah. that's really good. So you put on their two, their little headshot, uh, profile thumbnails on yeah. the front page. Yeah. See, that was really irritating me that we didn't have two full rows. There was just like, it looked really yeah, we, bad. Yeah. So yeah. So you went to the front page of any food and you just had like one and a half rows of experts. It looks so <laughs> stupid. I mean, I was embarrassed that I didn't want to invite experts until we had that filled out because yeah. people were like, yeah, this looks like, like, like you, you, a half built house yeah, or something. You couldn't even get the final experts on the front page. So now it at least looks, yeah. it, it doesn't look embarrassing. I mean, I, I think our design is on the front page is about a C. We need to get it up to at least a B yeah, plus. Yeah. I mean, so we need to spend some more time on it. But um, at least it doesn't look ridiculous. So I feel I'll feel less embarrassed. But it also looks. Inviting. I mean, it, even though we we do only have uh, what is it one two three four 12. five it's twelve experts on the front page. It, it still does seem like a good rounding of you know tech and stuff. It's a good spread. It's a good Conversion spread. Of twelve experts, people. Yeah. Machine learning, Ruby on Rails, Android, JavaScript web application, SQL. I mean, you got all kind of. What do you think? Stuff. How long do you think it's going to take us to get twenty-four? Well, it'll go. I think it'll be faster now because we have a good spread. Well, partially it's going to go faster because I'm not embarrassed to email experts because <laughs> I'm constantly resistant. Like, ah, how do we? We got to make this thing not look like so, such crap. Okay. So okay, we'll um, I also got. I, you know, I think I. You know, I think about it. I don't think I've pushed this change. I, I finished it. Was the um, being able to add a note? The expert when they get a request from a client for a session, if they either a want to are unable to do it at the session times outlined by the client and want to propose additional times or they have to decline a session request because they just aren't available. Yeah. You had said you would you would you had brought up both times they thought it was really important that we allow the expert to respond with it with a note saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm out of town or yeah. maybe next week or here's some other times because of X, Y, and Z. Did yeah. you um check that in? You know, that's the thing. I, I realized I think I didn't push it. <laughs> it's sitting. It's done. I, it, but if, if it, oh, you didn't push it, but you have checked it. Yeah, okay, I, 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 no, I don't think I've checked it. And I think I just finished it. I just didn't. Uh, oh, okay. I just cool. do the, 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 the. Does it the, require the, schema changes? Uh, yeah, it was just a. Um, so don't forget to put the. Sch- I already did. <laughs> do, okay, cool. I did. I did. <laughs> All right. So when when we push it live, we have to run the schema updates on the server. It just there? added a text field like okay, cool. response note. Okay, nice. So, although one Great. thing I realized I don't there's, there's a few things that I need to do with this page. We somehow did not provide a, a, a way for the expert to decline a session. Oh, really? Which I think we had an earlier version. I don't know how that fell out, but now I understand why there were two instances where our experts never responded. Because there was no way to decline. No way to decline. They just yeah. were unable. Like one was um, Alex didn't get back to Jeff, and Jeff yeah. was like, what's going on? And, and and I I looked at like you, we had the the status of the session said uh, request viewed, meaning that they had opened the web page showing the the times that requested. Yeah. So they had they had actually gone and looked at it, but they just hadn't done anything. And then uh, Lisa um, also didn't respond to Ruben's request. And we're like, why wouldn't they at least just say I can't do it? Like, why are they just? It's like they're thinking about it and then they kind of forgot to get back on it. Well, and yeah, well, in Lisa's case, actually, after speaking to her, it was because she was just really busy. That's what I mean. But it, it, had there been a, a way to decline it in a note, yeah, yeah, they could have said, I, "This week I'm crushed. Maybe next week." Okay, something like that. So two things: one, one was already done, and the two, I'll add like in a little radio box or something. This is you know decline session. So cool. That is a uh, another important thing that needs to be done. So 
Yeah, those are good things. I feel like now I feel like we're getting a little bit better position where we can start more industrial scale inviting experts and not and I'm not going to be cringing like, oh, uh, yeah, by the way, the front page looks ridiculous. And, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. so uh, uh, going back to Catalyst. Um, oh, you want to get in the Catalyst? All right, yeah, let's, let's talk about Catalyst. So we had we had um, a little helper. Santa's little helper came and joined us. Who's a texting listener. Uh, yeah. CJ, um, yeah. mm-hmm. who was just exactly what you would want that that. An event like that, he was really, really helpful. <laughs> he was exactly what you want. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, what's CJ's last name? I'm blanking on his I'm last just looking, name. I'm just looking right now. Yeah. So CJ emailed us oh, or emailed me, I guess. Carrie Winslow. Winslow. CJ Winslow. Yeah. So he goes CJ Winslow. So he's um, a 21 year old uh, college student, computer science college student. He also has his own uh, business, which is an iPhone repair. Like he he repairs iPhones. Yeah. He's he sort of works through a franchise. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I should because he gave me like five business cards. Um, yeah, once you, well, well, you know, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, remember, I'll, I'll get it before the end of the show. Yeah, so he emailed and said he really liked the idea of Catalyst and that he had some free time that he'd like to volunteer help out. So here's first of all, okay, this is terrible. I have never, I cannot remember a time I've ever done this in my entire life. But I was like, yeah, that's great. Why don't we grab lunch on Thursday? We'll go to Wahoo's. Have a have some fish. Ta- have some tacos, and at least you know, talk and get to know each other, whatever. Yeah. Um. And he's like, yeah, great. So twelve thirty. The night before that, I ended up pulling an all nighter. First time I pulled an all nighter in twenty years. Probably. What was it for? Well, I was trying to get this uh, mobile app done for this client. It's, okay. it's, it's a small. It's a small project for a friend of mine. Yeah. Who's the CTO of this company, and 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 uh, I'm helping him out with a few things. And sure, I okay. Was, yeah. So anyway. They they were they were giving a they ha, they were demoing a, a, at a uh, for some a VC, for a venture capital firm a big one and they're trying to close their uh, a round and the CEO who's a great guy said hey you know if we could have the some the mobile the mobile piece to show kind of our progress and how we're going to how we're going to make everything work together that would be great and I was like okay yeah and I had the day before well let me get into that so in the bottom line is I pulled I wouldn't go to bed to four in the, five in the morning. So you missed lunch. I, I, I woke up at eight because I had to, I had, you know, work I had to do. So I, I, so I was asleep, but I mean, it just threw me off. I, I kept thinking, no, I should probably put an alert in my Google calendar, but I, I never forget stuff like this. I yeah. never forget like, oh, I have lunch when I want to yeah. someone lunch. And, uh, he, and I, I can't remember why I, re- I got back from lunch and I see this voicemail on Skype and I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe well, I, I hope felt you said terrible. sorry. No, I, I told him that's just the way I work. That's how I roll. <laughs> Get used to it. No, I, I no, of course I apologize. I felt terrible, but uh, he, he just says he's, you know, he was okay. He's fine. But uh, so anyway, the funny thing is, is that yeah, he looks, he looks like exactly what you would hope your, you know, twenty-one-year-old smart computer science, you know, student volunteer would would almost look like. You know, you're like, hey, you're. Yeah, you're exactly what I pictured. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you picture someone and they show up and you're like, wow, I picture you to be 5'8 and you're 6'4. It's yeah, just throwing yeah. me off. Or I picture you to be like, you know, he looked like, I, if you drew a picture of him, he showed up and I'm like, huh. Well, it's funny because he said that you look thinner than you did in your picture. Really? Yeah. It's good because I think I'm fatter now than I've been in a while. And, he, and, and I said, and I said um, yeah, it's funny. Jason looks thinner than he does in his picture and I look fatter than I do in my <laughs> picture. And he goes, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he was gonna say no. See, yeah, see when you're 21, you don't, you don't, you're not used to lying about stuff like that. Right. Oh no, you look great. Gosh, yeah, really, you look fantastic. You must have lost 20 pounds. Into the <laughs> he isn't. He's a, he's a bit around. He's a, he's at 21. He's just getting used to lying and the uh, to lying to other adults about how great they look. <laughs> when you're 30s or 40s, you get used to like. Yeah. No, that dress doesn't make you look fat. It looks great. <laughs> he did another funny thing, which is um, when, when, he, when he was showing me his business cards, he said, look, you have, you have these. And he like, gave me five or ten business cards. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, right, I'm just going to go around to people I meet and say, hey, I just met this guy. I've got like ten of his business cards. I'm just going to. But, you know, that's know. actually actually that's standard protocol, right? I mean, a lot of times if you meet people in sort of your in your it's business true, field, in your space, if right? your space, you give them a few cards because they will pass out. If someone says, you know, so when you run into somebody says, Hey, got an eye problem. I'm like, dude, I know just the guy here. It's call CJ. Oh, I feel bad now. I totally should have, I should have just taken them all. Do you just took one? I took two. Well, look, we're, we're broadcasting it to going on 2000 listeners. So, okay. So you're, you're getting more, re- you're, you're good. You, get more, you have more reach through the podcast than you're going to have for your interactions. It's, especially since you never go out of the house anyway. Right. So he's, he's part of the, I cracked franchise. And um, you can get him at carrieW at itex.com. And that's C-A-R-E-Y-W at itex, I-T-E-C-H-S dot com. If you have any kind of broken iPhone or iPad or anything like that, he will set you up. Actually, he was also telling me that he's been fixing computers since he was 13. He knows the insides of computers pretty well. Well, that's good. That's good because we needed a little extra help when we were at the Catalyst session. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Of course, Colby's the one who screwed up my computer momentarily. Oh, nice. So, all right, one of the things we had to do was um, it was install Python and a text editor on eight machines, roughly. Yep. And it was a it was a sort of a collection of Macs and Windows machines, some older Windows Vista, some newer Windows machines, various versions of Mac of the Mac. Of OS. course, everything worked beautifully on the Macs, but Windows was like really a pig. Did you find a problem? Which Windows machines did you do with? Uh, you know the big, the big Windows machine? Which there was two of them. There was one. It was mine, which I set up last time. Not which yours. Was fine. You, oh, you're talking about John's? Yeah. 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 yeah well, the problem was uh, he actually just, uh, John just, uh, he, okay, it was part of my fault. I put two versions of the win- of Windows, of the Python Windows installation oh. program on Fair the enough. USB drive. So I brought a USB drive that had all the installations that we were going to need because we didn't have internet connectivity. And... Without thinking of it, I grabbed two copies of the Windows. One was for like uh, 64-bit Windows version 3.23 of Python, whatever. So he installed the wrong version on his machine, and it was an old Vista machine. So what, did it screw up the paths or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I just basically had to go in and, and, and uninstall and reinstall and, and just change the, and, add, and add the path to the, to, the, to the binary and stuff. So we, so we were teaching the kids genuine programming. These were eight-year-old kids that we were genuinely teaching how to code. Yeah, eight through Python. eleven. Eight yeah. through eleven. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, anyway, I was gonna say, one thing I was to say. So, Colby, I had Colby on my machine. Of course, he goes on. Goes on. He he goes to some kind of full screen mode. And CJ and I there couldn't get a get a background. Like, what the hell is going on? I we couldn't get every time we went to terminal. The terminal window would take over the whole screen. It's yeah. always an easy to flip back between that and the. And I, it took us like five minutes to figure out what was going on. What it's, did he do? I don't know. But luckily, he was pressing I, because the, that one kid showed him how to invert the Mac. So you can basically invert the screen by holding down 
control option commands and pressing eight or some weird weird character set so they were all doing that they're all going bam 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 and the, the max were going black white black white black white and i think that maybe there's some other weird key that he hit that yeah. would change it into full screen mode or and something cj like. and I, cj are looking at it going what did you do and of course you're i'm in that moment i'm trying to like there's eight other kids we're trying to get things going and i'm just like <laughs> wait what why did you screw up the computer and and that's why, I, you know, the one thing about Colby, which I, I think I said at the time, was that like, he he boundary tests everything and, and, and all the <laughs> most positive and negative ways you can think of. He right. just boundary tests and like, let's see what I can do with this computer. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> quit screwing up the computer. Just stick with the program, will you? Yeah. And it came out again this week. So we had on, on Thursday night, the reason I had to reschedule our cattle session from Thursday to the Sunday was Thursday was back to school night. So I go and I sit in and, and you know, and, and Colby and Izzy's teacher, you know, you go sit in each classroom and the teacher gives a little 15 minute presentation about, you know, what the year is going to be like and what they do, whatever. So I'm sitting in Izzy's class and Colby's sitting with me. Nobody else is in the classroom and Colby goes and sits over at the computer and did something to her computer, you know, and, and, and right then I said, Colby, don't, don't do anything on the computer, please. And he's like, oh, I'm just doing X. Cool. Just step away, right? And, and, and the teacher said, yeah, please don't mess the computer. We just got it fixed, right? And I, we just got his homework, uh, his test results back today. And it says spelling. Everything's right except for the last second half because he was called to the office because he broke Mrs. Smith's computer. <laughs> so he had to go to, his, his, to Izzy's teacher's, to Izzy's classroom to go try and fix the computer that he broke a couple nights before. <laughs> you, oh, see little, you see a frown face from uh, from his teacher, like you know, because he didn't finish the test. Like <laughs> yeah, he got called to fix. It. I'm like, That's yeah, hilarious. I'm like that. Sandy, of course, was not thrilled, not uh, amused, but I was like, well, how did you feel? Um, Colby did in this second catalyst session. A little better, a little better. I mean, he still has, um, he still has a little difficulty sticking with the program. He's still a little. Um, he's kind of unfocused a little unfocused just trying to do a lot of stuff but i think i think i have a i think i have a couple things that i can do one i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of beta test some of this stuff beforehand so i'm gonna kind of give him a little pre-lesson like a 924 just to make sure that he can understand it if he can understand it then i'm probably presenting things in the right order yeah and then he'll be a little more positioned to help other kids as opposed to trying to listen when he's sort of i think up. that's a good idea yeah if you give him if, if he can help other kids and feels he has the responsibility yeah. then that will be some focus for him. But again, it was a really, really tough session because we spent the almost the entire first hour getting the machines up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of time for the kids not to be losing it. I yeah. mean, eight-year-old kids cannot entertain themselves very easily for an hour without causing some, without being a destructive force of some kind. Yeah. So well, anyway, so the thing was interesting is, um, so we taught the kids... How, you know, first like how to print like Hello World or print their name or then do a loop like print, you know, you know, Hello World 10 times or 100 times. Of course, first thing Colby does is he prints it like 10 trillion times. Right, they, 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 and crushes they, they, the machine. Crushes the machine like the whole wind terminal. I'm yeah. like, of course, I said boundary test. Like, I'm like Colby, can I just do it 20 times? Yeah, have to do it 10 trillion times. And then, um, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh. And then the other thing I had was the uh, getting input from the read lines, like, what's your name, you know, and then print out, print, hello, Justin, you know. So we got through those things. I think all the kids got it. Oh, and then we had doing multiple statements in the for loop so they could see, like, whatever is indented underneath the for statement gets repeated yeah. that many times. Um, so I think everyone got it. At least they got it. 
some of them mastered it easily. The older kids who were paying attention, yeah, Monty and Colby who were who were messing or McCarley were messing around a little bit. I think got it, but they were they weren't paying close attention. Um, but a couple of the younger ones also got a really like Natalie, who's a good little listener. Yeah, she got it fine. Yeah, <laughs> that was her first could. day. Yeah, you know, a lot of it is just paying attention. You know. Yeah, it was good. It was very but good. Uh, I, I, I've, I came up with a list of uh, a handful of things. Actually, I didn't write it down, so I'm just going from memory. But a handful of things to do to improve the quality of the next session. Um, so one, one thing you brought up was like the idea of playing that card index card game again. Yeah. You saw the value in that. And I, I think, you know what we should do is come up with a slightly more contained version of that that we do each class with, at least for in the near term. Um, we might be able to do it like on a whiteboard, like draw out a little thing on the whiteboard and everyone does their thing and then everyone creates a little program and then, okay, you give your program to us and then we try and see how that works, right? It's kind of a 15, 20 minute yeah. warm up. That way, if anyone has a new machine and they need to get stuff installed or whatever, just kind of get kids in, in something fun, right? Um, the second thing is getting a whiteboard. <laughs> Mm. because I didn't have a whiteboard, so I was trying to write things on a piece of paper and then show it to people, which was terrible, <laughs> right? I mean, it was really, I didn't realize how frustrating that would be. And then you were trying to explain variables by using a, a paper cup and a spoon, which was clever, but <laughs> that's all you had to work with. It would be better to have a whiteboard, definitely. So I went and looked at whiteboard. I've been looking at whiteboards on Amazon. I was stopped by Staples, and I think I need to get a... Um, uh, a portable whiteboard like a, that that has like an easel. It has like a stat. Yeah, I used to have one. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna so we get a whiteboard. Um, we'll play. Uh, I'll come up with a version of the of the game for each like a little challenge at the beginning. We'll play the index card game. The um, and for people who are new, who remember that's where like you come up with a little obstacle course and you have cards that can say step, turn right, turn left, pick up, drop, um, and then you have like a repeat card. So it just show it just teaches kids how to do that kind of stuff. And then we can have additional ones like a function card and. We can make in maybe conditionals, make it a little more uh, interesting. And we can come up with lots of fun little challenges, I think. Um, the other thing is I'm going to uh, I'm going to come up with sort of the session plan or lesson plan for the day. And I'll give give you a copy the day before. So you kind of like. Can what, have so a you mean minutes. we're going to have a plan? I actually had a plan. I just didn't communicate it to you, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I, I sat down the night before, and I had I had a lot of the examples written out, and I went down. I, I was working through the tutorial and said, okay, so how do I want to do this? What do I want to mm -hmm. show? And then I just, at first I was coming up with a big, like, document, and I was like, I don't just remember it. What I should have done is come up with just, like, a, here are the five points I'm going to try and get through. Minimal, we get through the, the first three. Here are a couple of type of examples we give and then just email it to you so you can have it. I want to, next session, I'd like to start by underpinning the basics like this is a variable. This is what variables do. This is an equal sign. This is what equal signs do. Mm -hmm. So that then we can move into the next stuff, which is capturing input from the command line and building our action adventure. Yeah, and I think that's a good idea. So, um, so the index card game, the um, whiteboard, um, the sharing the lesson plan with you and CJ, or else is helping out the <laughs> night before, John, you know, one of the parents, I mean, even some of the parents because they were, they were interested. Um, also, I want, what I need to do is come up with some like ideas. So if, if step one is learning something, that we have a couple of other um, it, extensions to that so the kids who finish it quickly can move on. Yeah. Because like a couple of the older kids were listening and paying attention. And so they got it really quickly and they're yeah. like, and they actually were going around themselves playing. So it's like, Oh, if you got that, try to do this. So that, so we need like extra point activities kind of thing. Yeah. Just a little bit. And then also what I do is have them maybe help the, the kids who are, 
who aren't paying attention as much. Get them okay. learning. So anyway, that's what I think we'll do. And uh, I think that'll make, I think that I talked to a couple of the parents and they thought it was great, but I still, I would give it like a C, C plus rating in terms of quality of the sort of presentation and everything. Yeah, I, I think yeah. we'd get this thing up to a B plus and A minus with just those adjustments. And well, then, you know, you, we've got to iterate. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because even what's rough, it's really rough. It's, 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 you know, and of course it's going to be rough because we have to install, you know, install software on machines, which is frustrating. Yeah. But even despite all of that. Well, they're st- the kids are still getting something and they're still enjoying it and it's going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's rough prototype software, right? <laughs> so, um, I wanted to change subjects if that's okay. Yeah. With you. yeah. Um, so we have a donation, uh, that I've been meaning to mention now, actually, this donation came in about three shows ago, uh, but I didn't mention it because of, I don't know, lack of attention to detail or whatever. But it's actually good because <coughs> it's given the donator a chance to finish his minimum viable product so we can publish that on the show now. Cool. Okay, so James Robert, who um, has donated before, donated 50 bucks, and he is uh, this show's um, executive producer. And we would love listeners to go to his website, um, which is called thewitcher.com. So that's www.thewitcher.com. That's like okay, witch, t- like witch with an ER. Yeah. So basically it's a tournament, it, it's tournament testing. It's a tournament AB tester. Okay. So, so what, what you can, what you do is you can upload say five images and then you send a link to your customers and they see image one, they see image two and they say, they always get two compa- two comparisons. They mm-hmm. say, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. And at the end you find out which one ultimately they like best at out of the tournament. So the Witcher is T H E W H I C H E R dot com. The Witcher, cool. Yeah, so that's so use a tournament approach. So however many that you upload, it'll just keep compare. It just keep throwing the two against each other. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I I don't know if I've given it uh, you know its full um, description. Oh no, it's not like a witch, like as in like a casting spells witch. It's like which one are you? Yeah, which one are you choosing? The yeah. witch. The Witcher. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, that's nice. That's pretty. It looks. It the design looks great, doesn't it? Let's get him to do our front page. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what ours should look like. Look at that. That's nice. That's awesome. Right. So we're we're going to link to that from from the show notes, and okay. um, you know, if you've got any uh, critiques of this, do I know? My only notes. critique is why isn't he doing our front page? Because that's way better than ours. <laughs> that's my critique. All right. Okay. Looks great. Looks nice. Good job. Um, well, thanks, uh, thanks, James. So. James has been around a long time. Yeah, he has. he's 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 been commenting. I think he's probably been at least for a couple hundred shows, right? Yeah, he's a, he's an original. He's an he's an OG. <laughs> What's OG mean? Well, it's it's just like original gangster, right? Oh, original OG, gangster, right. Right, right? That's funny. Um, well, cool. So, uh, yeah, any 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 other texting business? Any other donation stuff? Or uh, no, no, that's it. That's it. Just James Robert donation there. So you're 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 all paid up now for the uh, software. Oh yeah, I am, and this, this that software is I really do like it. It's great, um, and it's great to be paid up. So we got that massive three hundred dollar donation last show, which was fantastic. Well, one thing I want to ask you about: so you've switched your um your hours over to your media. You used to be a morning guy, like nine to one, and now you've switched it to like a two to six. Yeah, I do two to six. So what's yeah. what's this the deal? Why well, it actually works out really well for me because. I work really well. Like some of my best work is done at night, okay. maybe between the hours of 12 and 1. That's why you were bitching when I was talking about doing a morning show. Right. Like, oh, I can't work <laughs> Because that, So I'm, I'm on this kind of routine where I've, I've got a late day now. So I'll, I'll get up at like 9, maybe 9.30. Um, 
Then I'll do I'll do some good work in the morning because it's morning time. Mm-hmm. Then I'll head into and I'm I'm pretty focused on a couple of things. Um, I'm work, I've got the double dollar framework. I'm building Skyboard, uh, which is remember you know I've shown yeah, you this this, know, this little tool right. So it's Skyboard isn't the same Skyboard that I was talking about a hundred shows ago or hundred and fifty shows ago or whatever. Basically, I'm repurposing the name for okay. this new concept I've got. Then this is something that I like. I think this this is good. I remember I said I was looking for a project, a small that, fun project, a, a small fun project. So basically, the thing that I one thing that I remember the in the birdie, mm-hmm. right? He sh- he had that page that just gives, Corey Corey right. Corey had a page that just had a list of links, a, a list of features that he wanted uh, voted on. Right. So you just go to that page. By the way, spelled M A A S S. Oh, thanks. <laughs> anyway. That idea is an idea that I have been thinking of for a while. I love that. And I think that is an app in its own right. Just a place that you can go and just type, you, you just go to a page and you just type in like five different options. So it's, say, for example, I'm looking for my customers to tell me which, uh, which new feature to do for Bloody Okay. Right. I go to, I just go to this page, create this. So, you know, a new way of logging in, integration with, and, then vote. and I just send the links out and they just vote it. I'm making any sense. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Why are you looking at me like that? No, I'm 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 letting you speak. <laughs> go, girl. You go, girl. It's so weird. You go, girl. Okay. Uh, it's eight thirty. I mean, it's like nine. I'm still just kind of half asleep. Uh, all right. Oh. So anyway, so I've started building this, and I'm building it on Double Dollar. I'm just going to give you a quick little. Yeah, we got to we got to get an update on Double Dollar. I'm just going to give you a quick little preview here. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to do anything. Right. I'm just going to show you. Okay. Thing. It's very pretty. I like it. Very nice. Okay, so I'm calling it Skyboard. So as you can see in the top, basically enter the question or statement, mm-hmm. and then you can enter what you want ranked. You enter your email address so you can manage the page, and then boom. Now, what I realized as I was doing it was that I could also put images in there, and okay. I could put links and various different things, yeah. because I've already got all that tech in Plugio to just basically pass out an image and put it into the page. So it actually looks kind of cool when you... Put in images so you can you can rank images, you can rank links, you can rank whatever. So I'm built I'm building that thing out and I'm calling it Skyboard. And each one of these little pages is going to be a Skyboard. Okay, well, okay, I think it's really I think it's cool. And um, the thing that I would add to it though is, and I we've I made the suggestion in a in our initial conversation about this a few days yeah. ago is that I think you should be able to to set it up so that or configure it. So that when you're asking a question like "What new feature should I add to Plugio?", uh, you don't you can allow you can allow um, people to create their own, add their own submissions, just like on Hacker News, right? You can add your own links. So. Right. So that's why at the bottom there's a checkbox that says, "Ah, there we go. Good. Yeah, well, I'm glad you did it because yeah. I think a lot of people, I can I can see the example where. You're thinking like, what should I add to Plugio? But you don't have five options or three options. You're like, I don't know. I want people to suggest them. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what I should do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's good. So that's in there. So what I'm thinking from from a revenue model, what I'm thinking is that this could be one of those just useful little utility tools. Mm-hmm. You know how you see those utility you tools? You pay a few bucks or something. Well, uh, well, even just free, right? So it's, so it's a free, useful little utility tool. But then people will, I could imagine... I could imagine doing this myself. If I wanted to send this out on behalf of Plugio, it would be pretty handy for me to have a little logo on the top. Mm-hmm. So right now it's unbranded. So basically to, you pay like 10 bucks a month mm-hmm. to get branding in there and to get a little more control over 
whether people can vote twice or whether they... Uh, yeah, I think that's an obvious sort of premium feature, yeah. but I think you could also um, charge for um, for other stuff like the, no- the number of people who submission. So if it's like, yeah. if there's 100 people, if they email out to 100 of their friends and colleagues and say, give, some, give your feedback on this, you know, maybe that's free, but if they put on their website and 10,000 people... I mean, there's no yeah. reason they shouldn't pay, you know, 50 bucks or something. Yeah, like I, th- that. I, I think mean. there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of premium potential, but there's also a lot of viral free yeah. potential. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like the idea. And it's also, another thing I really like about it, it just does one thing. It's just really simple. And, yeah. it, and it, it, it's not on the Twitter API, so I don't have to worry about APIs. I don't have to worry about, there's just, it's so many Changing things. Changing business models. Yeah. Or it's your, just that you're relying on platforms that you're relying on. Well, you know, you know, when I take a look, two com- two products I take a look at in terms of pricing, how they do their and how they how they uh, segment between free and and premium would be Wufu, yeah, um, which is the form builder site. So yeah. that's a similar. Like a form builder is like you come on and build your form, and you can either brand it or not brand it, and you can design your form. And the other would be like something like SurveyMonkey. Oh yeah, so yeah. I take a look at those two and see how they, you know, because. As to see how they segment their product because they've been around a while, right? Yeah. They figured out like who, it is pretty what similar people to are going to pay for yeah. what they're not, and um, you know I think you should maybe use them as some guidance in terms of you know of course of what you did do, but of course keep in mind obviously that yours is slightly different that you might have to think about it a little differently. But I think those would be good good um, good things to good examples. Well, my main focus is just going to be creating this minimum viable product that is as viral as possible and just getting people using it. Um, I've been working on it for like, I guess I've done about three days worth of work on it. About 24 like, hours? Yeah, yeah, of, of, you know, real, real work. Although I have been working on it for more days than that, but that's the amount of actual time I've put in. Right, well, cool. Well, I think having to get some simple and getting out there is fine. I, one thing you got to be careful, though, is that, you know, you know, that's that age-old problem of framing. It's like, well, I want to be viral and free, but then, um, you know, you want it to be like, and then you want to make revenue, but so either you don't charge, and then like, well, I'm not making any revenue, and then like six months later, you like just suddenly start charging, and then you piss people off. Oh, oh yeah, no, it always that. happens that people do that. They and they and they they either people their their user base revolts mm-hmm. and they get angry. Yeah, because no, it's, I, I, it's I a change of ex, change of expectations, um, or they just don't use it anymore. There's going to be nothing in in whatever I release free. That won't change when I start right. adding premium Okay, features. so that, that's 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 keep mind. So I just want it to become the de facto place that you go. You know, like join.me is now the de facto place that people will go to start a screen sharing session because it's just so easy. Well, like, I didn't know that. I never heard well, of it. Well, a, a lot of people are using join.me, right? So basically, it's just real easy. You just go to this. You just go join.me, and then you can you can have a screen sharing session with a customer within a few. Well, seconds. we didn't have that info. I didn't even hear about it. Why? Why did have you not mentioned this to me before? I don't know, but. Anyway, that's another. another thing. <laughs> All right. So I, I just want this to be like that for helping you make decisions. You know, mm-hmm. helping you rank things. Okay. Cool. Um, so that's pretty much well, what's where the, I'm doing that. Well, what's yeah. the story on Double Dollar? So Double Dollar is um, the the framework itself is really evolving. Um, since I've been, I'm doing all the Uber Media stuff. I'm doing. I'm doing a Double Dollar. So that's all the mobile development. Um, then this Skyboard thing, I'm doing a Double Dollar, and I'm also working on it itself. Now I sent. Uh, it took to uh, Jeff Welpley and mm-hmm. also another texting listener. Now the other texting listener didn't get back, but Jeff did with some very detailed feedback. And what it made me realize is that 
well, Double Doll is just, it's different to all these other frameworks. Like, it's, right. it's because I'm weird the way that I program. I guess because I just didn't come up through college. I just think of programming in a different way. I don't think so because I, I don't think if it's that, I don't think it's that because I think that um, most of these frameworks, this program, they don't have a whole lot to do with computer science. Even things like model view controller, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. That's not the, usually the stuff you learn in college. That's more software architecture. I mean, stuff you learn in college is machine, is a machine architecture, oh, okay. algorithms and data structures, programming languages. You know, you're not learning like best practices and how you construct large scale software. That's right, what you okay. learn as a professional software developer, reading books like Code Complete and Pragmatic Programming and things like that. Right. So if there's any differences, it may be idiosyncratic to you. We will have our, our things that we do. Yeah. That yeah. people look at and go, why do you do it that way? That's really weird. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I I think you, you probably just do things the way you like to do them. And, you, and sort of like these other JavaScript frameworks have come up out of the woodwork over the last three, four years. The, and you haven't really no, I haven't. played around with them. No, much I haven't. Or incorporated sort of, you haven't said, you haven't embraced like, okay, this is sort of where the culture of this language and platform is going common js and things like that so you haven't been paying a lot of attention to it or using it so then you're just sort of like now you're jumping on four or five years later and it's like okay it's a little different than whatever else oh it's it's very different so the the overriding principle of double dollar is about code collection like code structure and code organization the way that it's collected and the ability as you're developing to like rip out large pieces of large pieces of code and like plug them somewhere else Mm -hmm. that makes more sense to you um, with these other frameworks, it, you, it, you're kind of very structured in how the code looks. Anyway, so basically what, I, what I'm thinking is I'm going to put it out there. People can look at it, but I'm not going to get overly invested in selling the framework. It's actually making my life really easy. The more, the more that I systematize the way that I program it's making it so fast for me to do the skyboard stuff. It's making it so fast for me to do the mobile stuff mm-hmm. I'm doing for Uber Media. So it's really, really helpful to me. I've documented it, which is also helpful to me because it means that then when I choose my framework for the people I work for, I can say it's a public framework, mm-hmm. you know, which because that's something that they're always concerned about. Well, it's not documented. No one's going to understand how to use it. Well, actually, it is documented and people can understand how to use it. You have like examples and stuff? Yeah, yeah, full, full examples. Wow, great. Well, so, yeah, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, you know, we talked a little bit about titanium, Um the past show because yeah. I've, I've been using that uh, recently and um you know the documentation is huge i remember the biggest problem when i first started using like a year and a half ago was the documentation sucked right you know and that was like the big that's a big negative and in fact it's not that hard of a thing to do it's boring it's just boring yeah and there's no real excuse especially for a company not to do it i think the reason that they weren't doing it is that they make money off premium support so if you have awesome documentation then people don't need the premium support so much. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? It's it's sort of, you, it's like, you, you want to act like they're doing a good job on documentation. Like, it looks like it. It looks sort of complete. But they don't want it to be so comprehensive and so, um, uh, yeah, so, so such high quality that people don't need, like, to buy their $200 a month premium support license. That's my theory. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Well, so it just means that I can build stuff much faster than I could before and that now I'm justified in asking my clients to trust me in using this framework because it is fully documented. Well, I, I think if you, if you can build it out more in terms of, sh- in terms of getting other people to use it, um, it'll probably increase, improve the quality, right? Because people will yeah, find problems yeah. or shortcomings. But also, 
you know, it's not just having the documentation, but knowing that there, but being able to demonstrate to clients that there's some community support out there. Right, right. It's not that Justin and his two buddies use it. It's yeah. like, you know, there's a certain amount of commits and people watching it on GitHub and, you know, there's just, there's activity. It's a living, breathing project because a lot of people, a lot of companies, I'm sure, because a lot of people do this, is that you go, when you look and there's five different libraries to solve the same problem and you go on GitHub and you go, well, how active is this? I mean, yeah. how, how, when was the last commit? When was the last, you know, pull request? When, you know, what, what are, where, how, how are people working on this or is this thing dead? And, and oftentimes, even if something's slightly worse, but it's a, it's alive and kicking versus one that's it's sort of abandoned where you're going to go with the one that's alive and kicking because you know that they'll probably get this problem solved next. Well, what, one of the things that you really need is active live examples so people can see, well, what can you do with this? So that was another reason why I thought, okay, I'll get Skyboard out there. And I'll push that out first, yeah. and then I'll push Double Dollar out and say, "Oh yeah, Skyboard is written in Double Dollar." Okay, well that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. I think what you should do is is just keep in mind that build your products with it. I mean, ultimately you're scratching your own itch, right? I right. mean, I think ultimately you're trying to give yourself a tool that you, makes you a lot more productive and 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 happier doing what you want to do. And I think that's great. Anything beyond that, I think, is sort of um, it's gravy, right? Mm-hmm. It's bonus. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, and and it's and it's I think. I think with with some work, you can get a community behind it. Whether it'll whether, whether it'll become like a really big deal and people are like, you know, talking about Double Dollar at JavaScript conferences. I mean, that's a stretch, right? Yeah, that's yeah, really that's that's that's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the that's hard. I mean, it's 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 just a lot of luck involved, and there's a lot of you know we talked about the last last week, or the, is that it's not just doing a creating a great framework; it's solving the right problem at the right time. You know, it's just it's timing. You know, mm-hmm. you think if it's a moving train, you just got to time the thing just right. Yeah. And do it and do it right. Otherwise, you're, it's not going to work. So anyway, that's double dollar. That's Skyboard and that's all my other stuff. Nothing going on with Plugio. Why don't you were just the show? Why don't you recruit rather than having two people? Why don't you try and recruit some more people from the show? Why don't we get like, you know, you can get 10 to 20 people. What, to look at it? Look at double dollar. Just use it. Try and get people to use it. Try well, and yeah, I, well, I need to get it up on the website first. Okay. So, so I'll do that. Um, and, uh, and then we'll. Well, awesome people. From the I'm show. sure you could get at least a dozen texting listeners to spend 15 minutes playing with what. All right, created. well, send send an email then to put to podcast at textinglive.com. Yeah, because I think it's good. We idea. just got two from the last shout out, right? Just two people. Well, so. you didn't make. I, a, I don't think you made that big of an effort. All right, fair like, enough. Well, if you're really interested, and you know, okay. So what? So what are you saying? Go Pitch on. a little harder. Come on, we need we need we need a dozen. We need a dirty dozen here. You need okay, a dirty dozen to come in, break this thing, find out what's good about it, find out what needs to be fixed, <laughs> see if Justin is onto something good or if he's just kind of you know. All right, messing yeah, around. No, I, oh, thanks, thanks. I'd appreciate that. It'd be really nice. Do, do, do. Please uh, email. Be awesome. So I um, one thing I forgot to mention. I want to just jump back to Catalyst for one second. Uh-oh. So so. Guyon, I, I was talking to Guyon yesterday, and he's like, well, you know, we, we tend to work together for like an yeah, hour, hour yeah. and a half a day. And he's like, it's my daily check, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, check this out. And he's like, I just played the, 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 the programming game oh, yeah. with, with, with Saul, his son, his youngest son, Saul. Because I guess his middle son had gone to some birthday party, so it was left Saul alone. So he's like, okay, I'm going to spend some time with Saul. What, what should we do? And he's like, oh play that programming game with him that we had talked about with yeah. the the step and turn right turn left and so he got it they 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 did the you know the repeats they said he loved it like i, I he had a oh, video wow. and like saul was like kind of like you know like so happy he's kind of flapping his arms it's just like my, my daughter does like, she's really happy <laughs> at that I, I feel like she's about to fly away you know just like yeah yeah like they get so happy like she just so anyway he he loved it too like he really found it 
fun. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun when your dad comes up with a game and says, hey, son, you know, I mean, you can imagine his kid. It's fun to spend time doing stuff with your dad. But I think it's a How fun old challenge. Is he? he is, I think he's like nine. I think he's like a year, year and a half older than Colby. I huh. can't remember exactly. Let's say he's at least a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, Gowan and Louise visited here in Ju- July, I think it was. June, late June, early July, and we hung out with him for a couple of days. So yeah. I'm just trying to remember. He's a little older than Colby. Yeah. It's amazing. Like this, you know, culture and society, like we're so, these kids are going to be so into tech. I mean, it's just going to be like, they're going to eat and breathe this stuff, you know, compared to what it was like for us. Well, it's just, it's just around, it's just everything around them, right? Then I mean, think about it. Tech is sort of, it's just life, right? It's yeah, just everywhere. It's, it's ubiquitous. Um, yeah, so I was talking about him. I'm like, you know, and, and, and you, we mentioned the idea of creating like a board game sort of like this, you know, and I think we're going to, I think through Catalyst, we're going to be sort of evolving the game a little bit and adding extensions onto it, making, you know, improving the game mechanics. Like what's, what, what do the kids find fun? What find, what's confusing? What just ends up being kind of a bad idea? Like that just didn't work as a game, but you know, you could easily make an, a, a fun iPad game out of this. Oh, totally. Like Dragon Box. Totally. Where you, you say, okay, here's like, you have like the main screen is like a, a random obstacle course. Right. And that, you know, you may have to do certain tasks. You have to get your little bot to move and do things and go through a portal and go over here and move, pick this thing up. And and so. And then what you have is you is you just start out really simple, like a simple course is just having the robot go three steps forward. Yeah. And so you have at the bottom, like on the Dragon Box, for anybody who doesn't know, Dragon Box is like a really fun iPhone game. I think they must be, it might also be Android for learning algebra. Oh, yeah. And little kids can like as long as six, seven actually can do it. It's yeah. really fun. And you drag and you can drag and manipulate these equations and, and solve solve equations. Um, so I was thinking the same thing. Like you have sort of at the bottom, you would have things like our, our, like we call our cards, like our step and turn and repeat. And you drag them up to the left and there might be a few empty spots for them. You know, so step, 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 and then you see the robot, and then you go execute, and the robot does its thing. Mm-hmm. Or then you go and you might move or repeat, and depending how you drag it, the things below it can indent a little bit automatically or whatever. You know, anyway. So you, and then you just you just you just kind of iterate on it, and you make the you make the games harder and harder, and then maybe kids can sort of design their own. It's a great you know. idea, and it's a great way to teach kids programming. Like, uh, so would you consider doing that, making an iPad game? Yeah, I, I was thinking to be. I was thinking even for class, like. The next couple of weeks, I just want to think about it and do it kind of on paper, do it on the whiteboard. Yeah. Just kind of manually do it for a while until we figure out like some variations that we really like and then build like a simple one, just kind of like in JavaScript HTML, just some simple drag and drop or something. Cause it'd be fun if the kids could come in and then just play it. Well, if you do it, I mean, like I was, like, I mean, I've, I've been building, you know, mobile stuff right. using HTML and CSS. So you can just build it in WebView and wrap you it up. Build it in WebView and it, it works perfectly like you can't tell that it's even not native and something like that would be perfect because remember swarm Mm -hmm. basically it had as much animation as that as that would have and Mm -hmm. that works perfectly yeah so we could we could totally do that maybe we could do that together yeah be another project that'd be a lot yeah but uh um maybe we'll do is have you write more of the code on this one and i'll just kind of do the uh the other i'll do it in double dollar it's double dollar and we'll (laughs) build something really simple but you know um i don't know i think something like that would be it would be really useful for the kids. Yeah. And yeah, be a fun game. I agree. You know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of market there would be for something like that or not. But it, it, but I think you could make it more and more complex. Like the levels get harder and harder and harder. And you have to do functions and conditionals. And you could introduce 
you know, I mean, you could do, you could, you could make it really complicated so the kids. But really... you could bring new stuff. Like I was saying, you could do things like change the world as well, like you know, give the bring gravity into the equation or other weird stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah, like for instance, you know, you could do like teleporting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes teleports over here. You can, you can change the <laughs> change the. I mean, the whole key is is you want a, 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 you want to create an environment that forces you to have to change your program to do interesting things. And one of the things that would be harder in more advanced levels is like you're moving your robot through it and it's like you don't know what you're going to see, so you need some if-thens, mm-hmm. right? You need conditionals. Like if you hit this, then you got to do this, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, I was cool. just thinking about that with Guyon. So, All know. right, so now do we have any um, actual stories that you want to talk about, tech stuff? Because, you know, we've only got not too long left. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got a few things. So um, I don't... I don't. I don't have any deep, um, hardcore stories. Oh, we do have the whole. The, the, we, yeah, yeah. Richard Dolan. Yeah. So uh, that was what I was going to talk about. I was actually going to bring that up next. So we're going to bring that up. So Richard Dolan, who we interviewed back on episode, what was it like, fifty or something like that? Do you remember what that was? Can you look that up real quick? Fifty-four. Yeah. So Richard Dolan, who we interviewed back in episode fifty-four, is a historian of UFOs and the national security state. So basically, what he did is he did some deep research on all these Freedom of Informa- Information Act documents that the government has released about sightings of UFOs, you know, made by military and government officials and things like that. So that was interesting. It was a fun show, and I think this stuff's fun because I like science fiction. And I just think the topic is kind of fun as like a science fiction fan, right? right? I mean, it's fun to think. It's just like it's fun to talk about the singularity. Yeah. It's fun to talk about space travel in our future. It's fun to like, hey, you know, there was these reportings by X, Y, and Z government officials, you know, and are there these, you know, multiple sightings and by pilots and, and tracked by three radar stations for 20 minutes? I mean, that's kind of fun to well, talk Well, what about. was good about Richard Dolan was when we spoke to him, basically the only thing he spoke about was official documents. So... Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he he get he lended a bit of credibility to the field because he he wouldn't speculate on sightings. He he was just talking about articles that were freed up in the Freedom of Information Act, and um, basically articles that were from you know directly from the government and directly from the army, CIA, CIA things like so the, FBI, things that were mentioning uh, our our interest in aliens or. Things that were mentioning sightings of aliens. Or cra- I know aliens craft. Alien craft. Yeah. No, cra- and he's speculating what it was. Like this is alien craft. We don't know yeah. what this thing was. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so he the the main point he was making was that this is interesting because it's 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 completely left out of history. Like you don't hear about this in any in any modern history book. Right. But from a hit from a from a you know uh, historian his, his, historical researchers viewpoint. There's a massive amount of information about this in public records that are government-based, but no one mentions it. So he wanted to look into it because of yeah, that. yeah, because his his background was in Cold War uh, history, like right. he did uh, national security history around certain 1950. And so when he, he he said that he was interested when he picked up this book and was mentioning these senior national security officials in some of these documents, and he's like. He writes about these. He knows what he's like. Wait a minute, could this be real? I mean, are these people? I, I know all about these officials. Why isn't is it mentioned that they, you know, had some, that they were involved in some of this? Right. Stuff. So he's reading their histories. So so that so then he's cross referencing and he's seeing official documents that have been released through Freedom of Information Act saying Truman talking about UFOs and aliens, mm-hmm. but yet in Truman's official biography, 
there's no mention of it whatsoever. And he's like, well, why, why was there no, yeah, well, things yeah. like that. So that, so that's gonna be interesting. And yeah. I, you know, I thought he, he, we had a, it was a really fun guest. I think it was, it was probably one of the most popular shows of all time. Right. Anyway. So I got an email from a friend of a friend, actually my buddy Mitchell and Dan Southworth, who, who we've had on the show, who, who did the show Divergence. So this, this, so this came to us through stuntmen. Stuntmen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, sort of, I mean, Dan, so Dan does a lot of motion capture stuff. There are stunt guy, there's stunt guys, and also uh, kind of actor stuntmen. Okay, so we so we haven't said what what happened. What happened was that Jason called me up and said, <coughs> Richard Dolan's giving a talk in L.A. in in what where was it? San Marino? Marina del Rey. Marina del Rey. And I'm going there tonight. You want to come? Well, no, I said a few days later. I'm like, he's coming on Tuesday. What do you think we go down? Right? It's eight o'clock. What do you? What you know? I mean, why not? Right? I would. I would be disappointing not to just go down. It was there, like it was so funny. It was like a boys' night on the town. So Jason picks me up. We travel down. We go and look at this crazy talk in this crazy little kind of place. And it wasn't. Then, it was. It was actually a motion capture studio. It was actually cool. That was very cool. Is that motion capture? What they do is for like video games and stuff. When you know you you're, you're or, or and for movies when they're doing some when they're trying to get the movements of some people fighting or they had, stuff. did you see they had like hundreds of cameras like yeah. basically little cameras that, that i guess like they're taking snaps at points in time so yeah. so they and then they turn that into animation all that gets moved to the computer so it's a, it was a high it was a high-end anim, uh, uh motion capture studio really- I, I reason i wanted to go down there is because we met him in person he's a really nice guy and yeah. i thought it'd be fun to go and go down there and meet him in person and, yeah. and just listen to him i mean for me it wasn't as great as it could have been because i kind of knew I knew everything he was talking about, you know, I mean, I heard, I heard it in a, I, I'd either heard it in a talk that I listened to because I watched just some of his videos online and, uh, and then talking to one person. But, but the thing was, I was starving <laughs> and I was, I thought the show, I thought it was going to last like maybe an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes. And I was thinking, I had the back of my mind that we would go grab some, uh, Ethiopian food. I was like, I was like, well, on the drive back, we'll go back, we'll pass Fairfax and go to little Ethiopia. And, and so then we kept getting later and later and later well, how and I was long like, did you do oh. he was like two hours two and a half hours it was it was it was over two hours and that's when it went to the questions and i'm like i'm like dude i'm out well it was funny because like i have a hard time sitting still for right. long lengths of listening to people for like you know when it comes to links you're talking in terms of hours you were for the first hour and a half you were like you were sitting up as straight as a statue like you were just like curvily, you know, your your attention, your focus was there. And I'm like leaning forward and leaning back <laughs> and moving to my seat. I was like a little kid, right? Like I could sit still. And I look at you. And then finally about an hour and a half, like you, then all of a sudden you go, <laughs> like you're not, your elbows are on your knees. You're like, whoa, <laughs> this is getting long. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the crowd was into it. Everybody was really interested. And uh, it was just that. I was tired. I was hungry. And I was kind of getting frustrated because I wanted to go eat dinner. <laughs> and then I noticed that. By the time that it was finishing up, like all the restaurants are closed. But he was a little more left field live than he was on our show. Well, he went a little more speculative. I mean, people wanted it. Well, the talk was about UFOs for the 21st century mind. So he starts speculating on, you know, just what does this mean philosophically and things like that. And then I, that to me, that just kind of, uh, that doesn't interest me. See, he's written this book called After Disclosure, which basically mm-hmm. he wrote with, I can't remember, but someone else. Bryce Zabel, who produced, yeah. um, he's produced a lot of different TV shows. And one of them was Dark Skies, which is a really popular sort of sci-fi, you know, aliens type of TV show back in the late 90s. I think. Right. So he's, he's pretty convinced that disclosure is going to come from the government to say. No, he, he says, he says, he says, you don't it's, know. It's it. inevitable. No, he, he says, he says it's impossible, yet it's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a paradox. Like at some point it has to happen, yeah. but it seems impossible that it ever will. So. 
But but then the book is discussing, right, if it did, what would it actually mean? And uh, I thought they had some interesting points. And I think the main, the main point is it wouldn't really change life that much other than... Yeah, I don't think it would change that much. Like, yeah. uh, it's coming to our attention that some of these sightings are, in fact, real. We don't yeah. really know what they are. We really much we can do about them. People are like, hmm, all right. Yeah, like, everyone's like, yeah, no kidding, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think most people are pretty much sort of like, eh, you know. I mean, anyway, the bottom line was... Um, it was uh, it was fun night out, and it was fun going to see the motion motion capture. Zoo. No, but it was actually good that it went on because then we were forced to look for a place, and then we ended up going to like Mick's famous diner. Was it? No, Jerry's Deli. Jerry's famous deli, which was hilarious. Go- going to Jerry's famous deli with Jason, and uh, we sat down. And Jason said, "Oh well, the- now listen. One thing about this place is." There's so many items on the menu, it's going to be impossible to choose. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So we sat down and they brought this menu that had about 200 things on it. No, it was more of a, yeah, at least 200. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot decide what I want. They should have in Wikipedia under the entry for the tyranny of choice, they should have a picture of Jerry's Jerry's famous menu, their menu, because there's (laughs) so many options that you you almost have like cognitive shutdown. Like, I I don't know. I have. So in the end, I got. Eggs Benedict, which was really nothing like an Eggs Benedict. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it was, well, that's a problem nice. when you when you when you serve like five hundred <laughs> items, they're not necessarily all going to be perfect. But it was it was just cool. It was cool. We had a booth and we were talking about you know Richard Dole, and it was it was good. Uh, so I haven't yeah. I haven't seen uh, Jason in that scenario before. Or it was almost as if Jason actually drank alcohol, and you could actually go out in the night with him and and have a laugh and a drink. What are you trying to say? Well, you know, you're just generally very sports oriented and you don't, you're not very, um, going out and oh, having no, no, a, a because I don't drink. You're not a foodie. You don't have like night experiences. You're not that kind of a guy. I mean, I go out to eat. I don't go out and drink. Right. You know, but, uh, I mean, I go out. I can't eat. imagine you sitting in a cafe, you know, having, having a chat for like two hours, you what know, you into, t- in, in the middle of Paris. Me? Yeah. yeah you, I don't sit down and talk to people for long stretches. <laughs> no, you do, t- you do talk to people, but I don't think if the you only thing like, is I'm never ine- inebriated. That's the only thing. Yeah, I you do, you're not into like food and stuff, though. I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a foodie. Like, I don't like. I'm not a like into French hot cuisine, you know. But I like, you know, I like, you know, sushi or Indian food or Chinese food or Thai. That's or true. I guess. I guess you Argentinian. Do. I mean, you I, like I Indian. I go out to eat a lot. It's just that uh, I don't go out and drink. Right. Okay. That's that's really what you're what you're getting at. I guess. So you don't seem like a social eater. You eat to live. I don't know. I, I I don't think you know me very well in that context. I think you're I think you're putting me in a box that I don't really fit. Fair enough. Okay. I, I got to eat a lot. Well, well, thing is, see, here's the the thing is, the reason that we haven't gone out to eat much is I have three kids. Yeah. And going out to eat is a big big deal. Um. So we don't just like, hey, let's all just go out to eat. Like it costs us. This extra. is this is the whole thing. Like, how do you make friends after you have kids? That's it. Like it costs us a hundred dollars extra in babysitting. Yeah. Not to include logic. Not to Not to. To mention the logistics of it, to go out to eat dinner. Yeah. Right. So if you're like, hey, we got this great restaurant we want to go take to, it's like, we have to be like, okay, do, are, are we really in the mood? Is that someplace we really want to go? Because that's like our night out for like two weeks. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. so that, that's the thing. Well, anyway, it was a lot of fun. It, it felt like, I don't know, it felt like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid going out to, <laughs> for an evening. So. It was funny. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I thought the motion capture stuff was, uh, that was the thing that was most interesting because I didn't know about it. And um, we may have Ruben on mm-hmm. at some point. So I was going to get to the way, I, Ruben was, he was 
along with Steve Bassett, who's kind of big in this sort of disclosure movement. He so Ruben was hosting the event at his his motion capture studio. And so we got a big talk about motion capture and they, they, they're working with some really cool high tech company that's creating something that's kind of similar to, um, they call it what they call it, like a scanning bomb. Yeah, to like scan bomb, to yeah. scam an entire three D environment. It was kind of like, um, uh, like those things in the movie Prometheus where they threw those those little balls that would go floating down the caves. Yeah, and, and mapping everything out three D. Yeah. Well, they they've got something like that that they're uh, that they're developing. So maybe we'll have him and the and the and the and their lead the partner at the uh, tech company they're working with to come on the show and talk about you know that'd be cool. It's the sci fi uh, the sci the sci fi tech that's now coming reality. That like oh I just thought that was in Prometheus. Like no, that's get that in real world. Yeah, awesome. So, um, speaking of sci-fi, you know I've been watching lately. No, oh, I'm gonna tell you. Go on then. <laughs> I'm back watching Battlestar Galactica. Did you ever watch? Did you watch the whole thing? The original or re- the new one? Well, no, the the 2005. I didn't Seriously? really. I, it didn't grab me for some reason. It didn't grab me that hmm. much. I actually, uh, actually get back into it. I, I watched like the first season, and then I, I'm so lazy that like when it gets to 11 o'clock at night after Sandy falls asleep, and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna watch for the next hour until I fall asleep? Yeah. I would. I would have to like switch like three remotes just to get the damn Netflix thing working. And I was, a lot of times I'm just like, ah, screw it. <laughs> you yeah. know? So I just never got around to it. So, but now I finally got back into it and actually I got Sandy into it. Oh, really? She actually likes it. She actually, she huh. likes, so we've been making some progress. So I that was <laughs> that's kinda, progress. That's making progress. No, no, <laughs> not making progress on her, her appreciation of sci-fi, which she'll do if it's good sci-fi. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's obviously not her first cho- her first choice. But it, it was fun that uh, it was funny that uh, that she actually kind of liked it. So we're still like in what mid second season. But oh, and, and speaking of uh, sci fi science, there's an article on uh, on uh, was Yahoo News this week about um, you know, I, I, I because I don't have my I don't have all my notes here. I can't remember the very the specifics, but. It's about the development of the of the potential of ultimately creating a warp drive. Hmm. So the, the, I guess the scientists that were that were being interviewed in this uh, article who who were, who were writing about this say that you know you you had heard people talk about like you hear like you know on these science shows like through the wormhole and Michio Kaku and these guys will be on they'll be like well warp is possible it would take every the energy of the entire of all the yeah, stars but, in the galaxy to to pull it off kind of thing right yeah but but. The the point of this article was they were saying actually it requires a lot less energy than they thought. That's right. That probably require a lot of energy, but it goes from the realm of the impossible to possible. 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 Yeah. Now maybe not like fifty years from now possible, but you know possible where they could where ultimately by bending space time you could potentially travel at ten times the speed of light. Yeah. So then, of course, that opens up all kind of possibilities. Yeah, and, but it was really interesting. <laughs> I think that they said the shape of the craft would look kind of like a football because of the way that the space time would need to bend around it and everything like that. Yeah, I'm like, huh, that kind of sounds like the cigar shaped UFOs you yeah, talk yeah. about reciting, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting, right? But uh, yeah, that was um, that Which was kind of mean cool. that it was us visiting ourselves from the future. No, it would just mean that's not necessarily. I mean, it could mean anything. It, it could mean. I, I don't know about time travel. Now you're getting crazy. Now you're really getting crazy. <laughs> I, but but no. But I mean, if if that's what it takes, let me picture this: if if the way physics works, that the only way that you could ultimately achieve faster than light travel is through some bending of space time, and you'd need some kind of craft that was sort of spherical or oblong or cigar shaped or football shaped, then any sufficiently advanced species throughout the galaxy that ultimately mastered that would have a craft that looks 
or resembles that because that's yeah. what works. That's right? what works. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's how you solve the problem. So who knows? But, you know, with there being. Um, well, but there, it wasn't just the cigar shaped craft. There was this other thing around the outside of it, which was like a a circle around it. So that so that 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 circle thing was attached to regular space time. And then your cigar shaped thing in the middle was in the, the warped. Oh, so you read the time. article too, right? I did. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you happened to see, I didn't even send that to you. Did I send that to you or did you just have no, to No, I just happened to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that was kind of cool. What so, was it called? Just in case anyone wants to Google it. I don't know. Look up Yahoo News warp drive or something. I'll, uh, okay. I'll put a link to it in the sure, show notes. Okay. So we should, um, oh, speaking of, um, speaking of, um, machines, all the machines in my house are breaking. Everything broke in like one week. Like, why is that? What, my printer. What's going on? The coffee maker, the fan, hey, everything. I, I like. How does everything that's like <laughs> three to ten years old break in the same week? Well, let me think. I I can think of something in common that they all have. Colby. Right. That's a good point. That's right. As Elliot Spitzer famously said, there are no coincidences. Right. <laughs> there are no coincidences. That's right. But I don't know what Colby would be doing with a coffee maker. And I could see how he'd break the printer, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know what that's all about. Now, I'm going to really go with that. But no, we're, I could buy a new printer. Must be aliens. Gremlins. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to... Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to think about buying a printer. And uh, do, you ha- do you have any? You have why, a- why do you want a printer? Why don't you just use an iPad that you're buying? I, we have to, I still have to print stuff out con- for tons of stuff. <coughs> you have to print things I out? I never do. Yeah, we, there are a lot of things we have to print out for different types of documents. Sandy has to print stuff. I mean, even if I wasn't printing out articles, there'd still be things I have to print out, sign a document, go and fax. I mean, there are a lot of reasons okay, to have that fair stuff. Fair enough. Um, uh, well, well, the printer that, that we've got was a really good one. I would recommend it, which is the HP Envy. Mm-hmm. It just works really nice. It's real small. It's awesome wireless printer. So with things that I want, I want, it has to be full duplex. It has to be able to print on both sides. No, it doesn't do that. See, so that's, that's no good. I, I want it to be fast because sometimes I print out like 20, 30 page things. And I want to zip that out. It doesn't do that. Yeah. So I, I figured you had some little, I, I had a feel I can do it. You have this little toy thing. Oh, it's cute for us because I print one document a month. It's like, well, why? Uh, and I want something like color. Like color, like it does do. It does do cool. color. So I was thinking that there's. I was looking at one of these HPs. Like for, you could actually get a good color laser, full duplex laser printer. It seems like for like five hundred bucks now. Yeah. God, I remember when they used to be ten thousand. Yeah, it's like ten grand, something like that. Like it would only be a a, a, a company with some. Yeah. Good cat. That's amazing. Five hundred bucks. God. That was pretty amazing. We've come a long way. That is. Um. So. Oh, you know, one thing I've just been uh, working on, I guess we got about 10 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing uh, that I was working on this week was, um, did, I, did I talk about this week about the stuff I was doing to make um, Uber more, the, the dispatch servers faster? You did. So I wrote a profiler in JavaScript. Yeah, you mentioned with the profiler Guy, that yourself and Guyon had written. And we just, and that, that, that pointed out that 72, roughly 72 to 73% of the time, the CPU one time function. is spent saving our location data points. So these, yeah. so these um, every, I think we have it set at every six seconds, um, we save the most recent location data point for a driver. So that we can track a trip. So that's how you calculate fares. That's how we can help us their ETA estimations, all kind of stuff, right? So if a trip goes on for 20, 30, 45 minutes, it's a, it's a lot of points, right? Mm-hmm. And but part of the thing is that when you save it, we're saving it in a hash. So every trip object was being saved 
as a value in a hash. Okay, so yeah. that means that you have to take that JavaScript object and stringify it. Yeah. So it's this huge array, along with the other basic trip data, which isn't that much in comparison, gets stringified and sent across the network. And it turns out the network traffic is just going crazy hmm. in, in the data center. And, of course, it's taking up the CPU time. So, now, obviously, that's stupid to do it that way. But it's just how, like, things evolved. Like, you do things early on, and you look back later, and you're like, oh, why, why are we still doing it this way? So have you managed to refactor it? Yeah, so what I did is I, you know, because we use Redis. We used to use Mongo, but we moved to Redis, like, four or five months ago, maybe six months ago. And the, the way I did it is that, you know, the basic trip data stored is a, an element and a hash, but they have another um, data type called a list where you can just append things incrementally onto list and then just get it all out. So now it should be like, you know, whatever. It's way faster. It's just, it's just <laughs> sending one small piece of data. Now, why did you move from Mongo to Redis? Honestly, um, I, it wasn't for a very good reason because we, we were having a lot of problems and it turned out... In retrospect, it really wasn't Mongo so much as it was the Mongo Node.js library we're using. Oh, I see. That had okay. some problems. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times you don't really know what the issue is, right? Is this lack of reliability? Is it the library? Is it the driver library thing? Yeah. Or is it the, is it the platform? So, so you, you moved stuff? to Redis because they had a better library. It seemed like Redis was better, but the truth was it wasn't. It was just the library that was the issue. Yeah, I think so. Now, there might have been some other things. I think there were some other things. Talking back with Curtis about it, I think he mentioned that there were some issues with, you know, like when you had to like, when it got beyond a certain size, there were certain problems or potential problems. I don't know. But the main problem that we were, the thing that made us really start looking for another solution was what I'm describing, which is the fact that the Node library was causing some uh, instability. But I also course. thought that Redis had this thing where, it, like, when it fell over and it came back up, it load, it loaded stuff into RAM. It all is all in RAM. But Redis, but Mongo didn't do that. Was Mongo in RAM as well? No, Mongo. Well, I don't know so how Redis they did. is in RAM, but then it, it writes itself to disk as well, so that if the right. machine shuts off and turns back on it then loads everything back into RAM. Yeah, Redis is like a really smart version of memcache. Right, okay. I mean, yeah. maybe you look at it that way. Where MongoDB is a little different. I mean, MongoDB is, I mean, I'm sure you can run, you, I'm sure you can figure it to do certain things in RAM or not. Maybe it's auto-configuring. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Mongo expert. You know, talk to Rick Copeland about that. But okay. um, it, bottom line is we use Redis and uh, um, it's just going to be fun. So I'm going up to, I'm going up to San Francisco um, tomorrow. And so we're going to get to see all the stuff go live and see. I have a question for you. I'm in Skyboard that mm -hmm. I'm writing. Mm -hmm. The way that I have at the moment, each Skyboard is basically a JSON. In, 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 from a client side point of view, yeah. it's a JSON object. It's okay. an object. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm saving that entire thing, including its ID and all that stuff, into just one row in the database. And so I'm, I'm basically just dumping a yeah. JSON object into a text field. Yeah. Now that's what I used to do with Pre that's what God and I used to do with Prezo. The entire presentation was just is that well because that's what I was going to say. Is that should I be basically putting the title as a, as a column in the table, or is it just better to just keep it all as JSON? Um, if you if if you're if you're going to be doing like anything relational, like um, with a title, like you might want to just have a copy of the title as a yeah. separate um as a separate field, just so that you don't have to parse the JSON just to get the title. Like, let's say that you want to show to list a list of your titles. Yes. Well, now you're screwed. So like Prezo, you know, Prezo, what I do is 
is I would have like title and a few like high level sort of metadata things like the data was created or last updated, you know, the owner, yeah. things like that. You know, maybe even like the number of responses or the number of questions or something. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, or actually number of responses probably be a whole other table, but the everything else, the JavaScript thing, everything that was really the, the, the well, nuts and bolts were stored in that in that one JavaScript. Well, because JSON. you see, we have yeah. the number of responses. See, that's kind of what I was thinking. Because rather than having two tables, like so, people could enter these questions and answers that they get rated. And I was originally thinking, okay, well, I'll just create a new, you know, a second table where I have the answers to be rated. But then I thought, why? That's just that's just adding relational. You know, why yeah. don't just have it in a JSON object and just every time someone votes, it just goes into the table, plucks it out of the text field, and updates the JSON object. Is it, or is that too heavy? I don't know. I mean, the way I've done that kind of stuff is I would, I might do the votes as a table. I don't know if I'd increase, I, uh, if I would. You wouldn't, you wouldn't increment. I mean, like mm. how long, do, I mean, it's not going to take, a, it's only going to take a microsecond to like pluck it out, do a parse J, it. Depart, J, you know, JSON parse in PHP, update the value, re-encode it, and put it back into the database. Here's the thing. I mean, you can do it any way you want and uh, see if, how it works. It works and you can always change it because you know, just like we're talking about with uh, Uber, right? right. You, you change technologies, you stuff works, you've, certain things doesn't work. I mean, if it works, fine. I mean, you know, you could you could have thousands of people using this and, you know, it might still, even if you have something, a solution that tends to be kind of awkward and not very scalable, Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't just like write a script or run at three o'clock in the morning and move it all off to some new schema. It's not that That's big a deal. That's true. That is really true. I mean, true. as long as you don't wait until you become massive in scale and you're like, oh my God, the schema change is going to take 48 hours, you know, as long as you don't wait that long. There isn't too much that you're locked into in that in that kind of a way, other yeah, than know. just the overall architecture. I think the, the yeah, I think it's better just to get something up as long as it works and um, as it's fast enough, which it will be. Then you're fine. It's like you don't. What you don't want to do is suffer from paralysis through analysis. You know, you spend okay. all this time. Well, should I do this in Mongo or should I do it in MySQL or should I write all this relational stuff? It's like it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Just get it out there. Just get it up there, and you know, it. What, what see what'll happen is, and I'm sure you know this is that your concept of this product will evolve. Yeah. And uh, as it evolves, there might be f- things that you're doing to these questions or these objects that make it so that. It needs to work a little differently, you know. As or, long as I've got the data, I'll be able to run a script that will extract them into other tables or whatever that I need. Yeah, it's not a big deal, right? I mean, these servers are freaking fast. <laughs> I mean, these, you know, it's not very hard to like run a script and, and change the stuff over. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't really worry about it. All right, well, we've got ten seconds left. What am I going to say in ten seconds? <laughs> uh, you know, I keep, uh, I keep missing out on the, um, on the letters from the dark side. But, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. I mean, typical stuff. There's just all this, there's this, the more and more of the surveillance stuff just keeps going over and FBI. There's this cool law enforcement to identify and store millions of voices via Russian biometric software. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, clean IT. You heard about this leak shows plan for large scale und- undemocratic surveillance of all communications that's over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, why does the government so desperately want indefinite detention of terrorist dispatch of terrorists? I'm sorry, four terror suspects. Iran blamed for cyber attacks on U.S. banks and companies. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the one I'll just like call BS on, right? It's like Joe Lieberman, who's like the Uber hawk, who's just like, well, you know, we think, you know, it's like, of course, we, we do all these attacks with Stuxnet and Flame and everything. Like, we destroy all these centrifuges over there. And, you know, the Mossad assassinates like five or six of their, of their nuclear scientists. And now we have some, we got some um, 
I guess a couple of banks, Bank of America and Chase, were were uh, DDoSed, right? And so they think, well, we think it's probably Iran. Hmm. <laughs> First of all, you don't have any evidence. And second of all, even if it was Iran, which would seem kind of weird, they would go after Bank of America. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've been attacking them. We, yeah. we have sanctions on them. We keep threatening war. Yeah. We keep, we've destroyed all this stuff. We have all these, you know, all these sort of like, we've, we've conducting cyber warfare. We've been assassinating the scientists or I should say Israel, but with the help of probably the U.S. And, uh, and then they like, and then it's just like, I don't know. It's just this kind of crap is that this is the kind of stuff that gets, that spirals out of control and find yourself at war with Iran, which would really be probably bad for everyone. So that's letters from the dark side. That's my one letter from the dark side. Don't, bu- don't believe the hype. That's <laughs> like, don't buy into that crap. Yeah. So well, that's it. So what, um, I'm going to be out of town going, to, going up to SF, like I said, for a few days. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll be back this weekend. Hopefully we'll do a catalyst session on uh, Sunday. Okay. Well, are we going to do a podcast on Sunday as well? Uh, well, yeah, I'll be back on Friday night. So, you know, maybe Saturday afternoon, maybe Sunday. I, I, I don't know when we're doing the catalyst session yet because I'm still waiting here on the space. Okay. I feel like my life's being overtaken with Jason. <laughs> Jason. Time. Well, you don't have to do it. I mean, I, like I said, this is, this, if, 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 you, if, it's, if, if doing the catalyst stuff is uh, more, is something you want to do, it's, it's fine. No, obviously, I, I do want to help with the catalyst stuff, I mean. But we are doing a lot more together, aren't we? Jeez. Yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe, maybe it's too much. Yeah. Minifoo. Yeah, Catalyst. Uh, okay, so we'll hold off on that on doing that game thing. Yeah, we'll hold off on that. Yeah. That's one thing too many. All right, yeah. If I do that, I'll just put that on the... Put that on... Like with my book, was I wrote, I talked about the, the book I want to write today about cognitive biases and, and logical fallacies and stuff. And a couple, couple people on the comments are like, yeah, man, I'd read that. I, I totally want you to write that. I totally want to write it. You should get <laughs> to it show. after this show. Right. I can't even, I have like three blog posts that are like three quarters of the way done and I can't <laughs> even finish those. I'm just like, ugh, you know, just not enough time of the day. Well, I guess that's it. So we're at a, we're at a time for the day, for the week, just about for the month already. And it's only the 25th. So that's a wrap. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>